You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric, and this is episode 47. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Hello, my gruesome addicts. Thanks for joining us for another gruesome, and I mean gruesome, episode. And we appreciate all you guys for listening, and thank you. You ready for this gruesome episode, Eric? No. <laughs> You're never ready. All right, get ready, because here we go. Lauren Giddings was born on April 18th, 1984 in Tacoma Park, Maryland to Karen and Bill Giddings. Lauren was their first child, um, but then followed her two younger sisters, Caitlin and Sarah. After graduating high school, Lauren decided she wanted to be a public defender. So off to college she went. First attending Agnes Scott College in Decatur, Georgia. She graduated in 2006 and then moved to Macon, Georgia in 2008. After three years of attending law school at Mercer University, she graduated but stayed in Georgia in order to study for the bar exam. While she was attending law school and studying for the upcoming bar, she was living at apartments that were specifically provided to Mercer Law students located at 1058 Georgia Avenue, Macon, Georgia. Stephen McDaniel, born September 9th, 1985, to Mark and Glenda, was a classmate and neighbor of Lauren's. Stephen had actually received a presidential scholarship to Mercer University, where he attended to become a federal judge. He was a hard worker, and he kept to himself a lot, though. He mostly stayed in his apartment by himself. He didn't go, really go out much. Stephen's first year at Mercer, he joined the Federalist Society, in which Lauren was also involved with. The Federalist Society is known for, quote, an organization of 60,000 lawyers, law students, scholars, and other individuals who believe and trust that individual citizens can make the best choices for themselves and society. It was founded in 1982 by a group of law students interested in making sure that the principles of limited government embodied in our Constitution receive a fair hearing, unquote. At one point, Lauren was elected president and Stephen was elected vice president. He started to like really like Lauren, so he kind of asked her out, but she, you know, in a nice way, she turned him down. She's like, no, like she actually had a boyfriend named David Vindiver. They met in 2007 at a law firm in which David was actually working at and Lauren was interning. Like I had mentioned earlier, uh, Lauren was studying constantly for the upcoming bar. So she had told her friends and family that if they called or texted her and they didn't hear back from her right away is because like she was studying her ass off for the bar exam, right? Like that shit's big. So, so she told them, hey, don't worry about me. I'm just literally studying and I will get back to you like as soon as I can. Although June 24th, Lauren did go out with like friends to get some drinks, listen to music. Later on that night, she stayed at her friend's house, but she actually ended up leaving the next morning. She then went to Macon County Club to take a swim and she was actually able to use this pool because David had like a, a pass in order to like get in. So she, he let her borrow it. Later that night, she bought some dinner and then she headed back to her apartment. That same night, Lauren had actually sent an email to David stating something about like an odd conversation, like an awkward conversation with a friend uh, who just kind of kept asking questions about their relationship. So she kind of thought that was odd. She also stated that it appeared that maybe had someone had broken into her house like a few days prior. It just really concerned her. So she just like, you know, sent an email to him, let him know. Although after she sent this email, 27-year-old Lauren Giddings seemed to go missing. 
It had been four days since anyone heard from her. So by June 29th, her best friend from elementary school, Katie O'Hare, started to contact Lauren's family, uh, other friends, to see if they had heard from her recently. No one had seen her, um, or, you know, really heard from her. But her sister, Caitlin, she really grew concerned and contacted one of Lauren's classmates, Ashley Morehouse, and asked if she could go knock on Lauren's apartment door, you know, to see if she was there. She went over there, she knocked on the door, but there was no answer. But she did notice Lauren's 2004 Mitsubishi Galant in the parking lot. Ashley knew that Lauren kept a spare key, like, outside of her apartment in case, like, she lost her or whatever. Um, so she actually got the key and actually went into Lauren's apartment with, like, a couple friends. She found, like, nothing disturbed or anything, but her keys, her purse, her cell phone, and laptop were all in the apartment, but Lauren was nowhere to be found. While they were looking around, they noticed her neighbor, Stephen, uh, how I mentioned the classmate and neighbor, he'd actually walked in the apartment, too, and was, like, looking around. So they thought that was really weird because they didn't really, they weren't friends with him or anything. He just yeah. kind of, like, started walking, and they're like, what the hell? So one of her friends plugged in her phone because it had died, and she realized that she hadn't talked to anyone since, it seemed like, since Saturday the 25th. One of them finally called police, and on June 30th, investigators start looking for Lauren's whereabouts. They searched her apartment, the area around her apartment. They questioned everyone who lived in the apartments, but nothing came about. Less than an hour after they started to search for Lauren, two detectives noticed a horrible smell coming from, like, one of the trash bins around the area of the apartments. One of them stated, quote, while we were standing there, the wind started to turn. Immediately, I smelled an odor that I was very familiar with. We all smell things in life that smell bad. And that of a body or a decomposing body is one of the worst things you'll all smell. But it has a very distinct smell, unquote. They started to like, so it's like, you know, it's like he already knew. Like there's something decomposing pretty much in that trash can. So they started to dig through the trash and they finally come across a black trash bag. And in the bag was jogging shorts and a woman's torso. Can you believe it? Yes. One of the detectives stated, quote, they did not find the head, legs, or arms in either one of the trash cans. I had never seen anything like that before. Who could have done this? Because truthfully, only a monster could do something like that. It was absolutely horrible, unquote. So this is when the media gets involved, right, obviously. So they want a good story and interviews, like, with anyone that they can find. So they actually finally come across Stephen, classmate and neighbor, and they get an interview with him. Mind you, this is still the morning of June 30th, and they had just found this trash bag with the torso in it. Um, so I'm going to play a, a clip of Stephen's interview. person that was living there? Yeah, Lauren was my neighbor. Um, we're just trying to find out where she is at this point. I mean, no one has seen her since Saturday. I mean, the last time anyone heard from her was an email that she sent out, and I mean, no one's heard from her since. Did you see her hang out with anyone at the time or anything like that? I mean, no, no, no one has seen her since Saturday. I haven't seen anything. I mean, you always hear noise outside, but it's just people walking by pretty much. And you, uh, she just recently graduated from Mercer? Yeah, she and I were, we were both JD students. Um, we graduated back in May. What kind of person was she? I mean, how did you, what did you see? Her? I mean, she's as nice as can be. I mean, very personable, very much a people person. Do you know anybody that, any enemies you might have had, somebody that might want to hurt her? No, I mean, we don't know where she is. I mean, the only thing we can think is that maybe she went out running and someone snatched her. Because, I mean, we went, at, we went over, one of her friends had a key. We went inside and tried to see if there was anything amiss. But, I mean, she had a door jam that was sitting right by it. So there was no sign that anyone broke in. 
I mean, the door was locked when everyone got here. I mean, we, we just don't know where she is. I mean, what about um, in the, like, the parking lot area? I know they've been doing a lot of, I think that's where they have recovered the body or whatever they recovered from there. Body? Um, had you heard, any, had you seen anything there? Had you seen anything there? I, I mean, we don't know if this is the same person. You know what I mean? Like, they took out a body there earlier. We don't know if it's the same person or not. So that's how we're trying to ask people if they know who lived there. Are you okay, sir? I think I need to sit down. Okay. Weird, right? Like, he seems either he's guilty or he's very upset that he just found out that his neighbor classmate just died. Yeah. Or was uh, potentially right when, he, right when he, uh, we were like, they said the body. He's like, body? He just, <laughs> he just saw it in his eyes like, yeah. like, I'm not, I haven't heard the rest of the story, so I don't know what happened, but it looked like he's fucking guilty as shit. Right? Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. Oh, he's like, oh, fuck. I'm fucked. They just found that shit. Like, I was not intending that to happen. <laughs> yeah, so... Later on that day, detectives then go door to door asking if they can do like walkthroughs through everyone's apartment. And obviously voluntarily, they can say no, but everyone allows them to do so. But when they get to Steven's apartment, he was like a little worried about them coming in. But they informed him like, hey, everyone else, let us do this. And he's like, oh, fine. Yeah, you can come in. It's fine. <laughs> so it's like they just like kind of put that in his face like, hey, why, are you guilty or something? Yeah. Like, so detectives find a large knife, samurai sword, rifle and two handguns. Not illegal, but they just took notice of these items. Detectives brought over cadaver dogs to the apartment complex where they did alert something outside of Lauren's apartment, her bathroom, the outside of Stephen's apartment, his bedroom, the laundry room, and lastly, the empty apartment that was located under Lauren's place. Uh, I believe it was voluntary to get his name cleared, but Stephen was interrogated by the police. And here's a little clip of his interrogation. All right. I just got to ask you a few questions. Okay. Uh, you came down earlier tonight, me and you talked, all right. You don't have any weapons on you, do you? Yeah. That's just you are. What's wrong? You know I'm Detective Patterson, right? Yes. Do you remember, put your hands up here, you remember us talking yes. earlier tonight, right? Yes. You remember me earlier in the day? Yes. When we came down here and talked a little bit and then we left? Yes. Okay. I need to know about this girl right here. You know her? Yes. Who is that? Lauren Giddings. Does she live next door to you? Yes. When's the last time you seen her? Two or three weeks ago. Okay. Was you friends with Lauren? Yes. Look at me when you talk to me, son. Okay? Was you friends with her? Yes. Close friends? We were good I friends. I mean, y'all were friends, right? Both yes. of y'all are law students. You're studying to be an attorney, right? Yes. What kind of law do you want to go into? Criminal law? Yes. Civil, is that what you want to do for a living? Yes. Okay. Are you almost finished? Yes. Okay. So you don't have too much more to do, right? No. All right. Are you going to stay here in Macon? I don't know. Did you used to work at the district attorney's office in Macon? Yes. Was you on the prosecutor side or the defense side? Prosecutor. So you were on our side. Yes. <laughs> right. You never worked on the other side? No. Did you like it when you were down there? Yes. Uh, got along with everybody? Yes. Okay. And you lived next to Lauren for a long time? Yes. Okay. Do you know where she's at tonight? No. Hmm? No. Have you ever seen her with that dress on? No. 
You have no idea where she's at? No. So yeah, it's like that whole video is like uh, about two hours long. And it's just, I haven't watched the entire thing because like, I mean, listen to him, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't watch I mean, him the entire time. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he just like repeats, yes. Like, has, yes. like yeah, if, as an interrogator, you'd probably be looking at like, dude, this fool sounds weird and guilty as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. One of the inter- uh, interrogators or officers or whatever, he just like seems so frustrated and annoyed at this fool at one point. But yeah, so he just like obviously states that over and over and over again. It's just, oh my God. So it's like, yeah, but just, it's very weird from the last, you know, from the, the interview of him, like, it oh, is we don't weird, know where she, like, is, where she is. Yeah. But like at the same time, you can see the progress of the guilt coming out. Absolutely. Yeah, for from sure. Both of these videos, you know, for sure. Like right when they said the body and he's like, body? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. sit down? And then he's yeah. in the interrogation room and he's just monotoned. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like for sure. Yeah, he was like, eh, "You seem a little guilty." So he was arrested for burglary at this time. Um, detectives then searched his apartment several more times, as well as his car, which he appeared was. To wait, have. wait, wait. I'm sorry. He was arrested for burglary. Burglary. Yeah. For what? Yeah. I don't really know. I didn't really like state for why. Breaking into her, like, they, but he didn't break yeah, in there because there was yeah. a key. That's weird. Yeah. So I don't know where the burglary thing came in. Maybe it was in the past or something. I didn't really like state. Weird. I couldn't really figure that out. Yeah. So that was the reason for it to like get him arrested, yeah. and not, you know, let him out. So, um, so yeah, they searched like his apartment, like I was saying, his car. They actually found like dark stains that looked like dried blood in his car. From his apartment, they seized a PlayStation 2 and a PlayStation 3, an Xbox and accessories to it, compact discs, memory sticks, and cards, a laptop, camera, two adult magazine, and packaging for a hacksaw. Also, women's underwear in which they found Lauren's DNA on it. On his laptop, they found searches he had made. Uh, such as Lauren's full name, Lauren Giddings, her Twitter searches for quote nude Lauren Giddings and molest sleeping girl. Like what a fucking psycho! That's so weird. So they also found cannibalism and dismemberment sites that he had searched too. What? <laughs> yeah, they also found a master key for the whole entire apartment complex in his apartment. On August second, two thousand eleven, Stephen McDaniel was arrested for the murder of Lauren Giddings. He pled not guilty, but on August 23rd, he was charged with seven counts of child sexual exploitation for child porn that was found on the memory stick found in his apartment. This guy is fucking disgusting. So he, again, pled not guilty and bond was set at $850,000, but he nor his family could pay bail, could afford bail. Yeah. So he sat in jail. Unexpectedly, Stephen actually changed his plea to guilty just prior to his trial. He only pled guilty in order to get a plea deal. If he wrote out a full statement as to what happened to Lauren and they would drop the burglary and the child sexual exploitation charges. This is what happened, according to Stephen. Sunday, June 26, around 4.30 a.m., Stephen went over to Lauren's apartment with the master key. He put on a mask and glove, entered her apartment, and he watched her sleep for a little while. And then I guess he may have taken a step or something and the floor creaked and it woke her up. And she screamed at him to get the fuck out of her apartment. But Stephen jumped on her bed and started to strangle her. She fought as hard as hell as she, you know, as much as she could. And then they fell to the floor. And that's when he strangled her to death. He put her body in the bathtub and then just went back to his apartment. But around midnight the next day, he went back over to dismember her body using the hacksaw and putting her body parts in trash bags. In court, Stephen represented himself. And for all of us true crime fans, you know that probably is not going to work out, right? Ted Bundy, I think, did the same thing. That wow. didn't work out too well for him. Oh, yeah, I was saying, like, it's also these, they just think they're so fucking smart. And they're like, I'm going to outsmart everybody and get away with this. And I'm going to represent myself. And yeah, so, but Stephen did end up getting life in prison. Crazy enough, though, with the possibility of parole. 
I just thought that was wild. Weird. Yeah. And so he'll be eligible for parole in 2041. That's fucked up. Get this. Yeah, I know, right? So in 2018, Mark Stevens' father, he started a GoFundMe for his son and all the legal expenses for an appeal. For his son that just dismembered, like, a beautiful young woman that didn't deserve any of this. Like, are you fucking crazy? (laughs) Like, I know it's his father, but, like, oh, my God. It just blows my mind. He, I mean, you know, he admitted to killing and everything, and then he's setting up this GoFundMe. I, I don't know. It just blows my mind. So Stephen is still serving his sentence at Hancock State Prison in Hancock, Georgia. So, yeah, he's still in prison for it, and hopefully he doesn't get out in 2041. And, yeah, that's the murder of Lauren Giddings. And it's just so senseless and stupid. It's just like, did you get rejected? And that's why. Yeah. Like, I kind of read that, like, he just, like, didn't like women, like, growing up. He just always kind of got rejected. It seemed like he didn't really have a lot of friends. I don't know. I, I don't get... The point of all of this, like, and they were saying, like, if this guy didn't get caught, they were thinking, like, he may become, like, a serial killer. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Right? I mean, yeah. like, look at everything that he did. Yeah, exactly. So crazy. Her sister, Caitlin, stated 10 years after her murder, quote, we still picture her as a 27-year-old woman. To think about her being 37 now is just crazy. To try to think about where she would be, what she would be doing. Between me and Sarah, we have seven kids. So I think about how many more grandkids there would be and that kind of thing. 10 years it seems like a lifetime, unquote. And according to WGXA uh, TV, which actually was that interview that they did of Stephen, mm-hmm. said, quote, Caitlin named her daughter Lauren in her sister's memory. They continue to celebrate her birthdays, have annual runs and softball tournaments, as well as carrying on with Pink Wednesdays. Uh, her sister also stated it was something Lauren started her job with whole Pink you know, pink Wednesdays. She would wear pink and eat cake on Wednesdays. My mom's friends have tried to keep up for my mom, so they continued to do that for her. And yeah, her family just said she was driven, enthusiastic, and ambitious, and she just, I don't know, it's very senseless and horrible. And totally. Guy's a freaking psycho. I hope he never gets out. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate all you guys. Until the uh, next episode, stay safe and be aware. Peace.